Welcome to the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We have a great guest here today, and I hope it is a great Sunday for everyone. I am recording this on Saturday, so I am going to attempt to do a self-fulfilling prophecy and say that I am having a great Sunday as well. I so far have not made no plans for it, but I'm sure uh, something will, something always comes up. I don't know what. And uh, today's guest is the wonderful Marley Collins. She is a great young musician from here in, in the Bay Area. And I gotta admit, I was a little nervous. At 17 years old, she is the youngest guest I had here on the podcast, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to connect with her. You know, I don't do very good talking to uh, very um, young people. Because usually when I talk to young people, I just get reminded how much closer I am to death. So I'm like, all right, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I don't know how far I, I can keep a chat going with uh, somebody that I might not relate to so much. And uh, I was surprised. And I was very delighted. She's actually very uh, down-to-earth, uh, amazing human being. And uh, we had a lot of things in common. I was very surprised. It was almost uncanny um, how how many things we had in common, and uh, even even towards our our love towards vinyl records. After the conversation, uh, I put out my vinyl collection, and we were you know checking it out. And I think I gave her like a couple couple vinyl records. And uh, like I said, she she was awesome. She was really awesome. So please check out her music. Visit MarleyCollins.com, the website, or go to SoundCloud and search for Marley Collins. She has a great EP available right there at your fingertips. And the EP is called Homeland. She performs the song Homeland at the end of the conversation here in the studio. And I'm going to play one song from her album called Medicine, which I think is very fitting. We've gone through a lot this week as a country. And I think uh, I think right now everybody's looking for some sort of medicine uh, to help us heal. So let's get to that. But before we get there, please visit the JMS Podcast website. Please check out the JMS Podcast on social media. You can follow the JMS Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you have, if you've been listening to this podcast and have not subscribed yet, what's going on? What does it take? What do I get? What do I have to do around here to get you to subscribe? Huh? Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. There's no excuses, all right? I'm pretty much trying to put this podcast in every available outlet that I I know of so far. There is an active Patreon account. uh, Patreon account? Jesus. Can't even talk today. There's an active Patreon campaign happening right now to support this podcast. Please, if you guys... uh, pretty much the potential of this podcast and want to help me make it grow and and make more produce more content and produce more events to connect with you guys in person you can donate to the jms podcast go to patreon search for jms podcast and there's different payment plans for everybody you could even pay one dollar a month and it goes a long way around here with plenty of perks all right so go to patreon search jms podcast uh yeah i think that's it just search for jms podcast that's it. All right. Let's get to our guest. Her name is Marley Collins, and uh, the song is called Medicine. Medicine. 
finding myself so attached to my phone. I gotta make sure that <laughs> when I'm conducting these things, it's it's off. Yeah, I do that too. Are you also attached to your phone? Oh yeah. <laughs> How so? Um, like, well, what apps do you constantly find yourself going back to? I mean, I use like Instagram way too much. Yeah. Um, and Snapchat you, and Facebook. I heard somewhere that the average user checks Instagram about 38 times in one day. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I um, For a while, I was using this phone tracking app called Moment. And it... Um, Moment? Yeah, it like tells you how many times you pick up your phone and how long you spend on your phone each day. And then like what percent of the time is on which app. And mm. it was just... I wanted to use it to try and use my phone less but it made me just like feel really guilty because it was like oh five hours in one day <laughs> do you post a lot of pictures on instagram is that why you're always checking um i post like every couple of weeks but it's more just like a mindless habit mm. yeah like just checking what what everybody else is doing in their yeah, lives yeah. and then <laughs> like fomo like fear missing out i just discovered what that word meant as of recently yeah like i think i think that's a sign that I, I'm at that place where I am old now, where I no longer um, am familiar with the uh, what the youth um, use words to describe things. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm. I think at 27, that's where I'm splitting off to like senile, old man <laughs> stuff. <laughs> how how old are you, by the way? I, I must ask. Cause I'm, uh, I'm 17. Yeah. 17 yeah you're so young that's, yeah that's, that's beautiful you're like you're like young you know what FOMA means yeah <laughs> but for someone who's so young you got such a mature voice uh, like do you feel like it's something you always had or was it something you developed um I do I mean I would say I probably developed it um in like middle school or beginning of high school um so when I was like 14 13 was it puberty or was this something like traumatic <laughs> happening where you're like you matured so um, fast? I think well, it, it it's when I really started singing. Um, I and like finding all the parts of my voice that I hadn't used before because that's when it happened. Because I used to just like I I would try to sing really really high all the time and like I, I didn't really know what I was doing with my voice. Who so, are you, who are you trying to emulate when you try to sing high? Um, I tried to do like Adele and Alicia Keys when I was younger, <laughs> but I didn't know how to use my voice, so I just try to like scream the high notes instead. That's of... interesting because you're kind of on the line of Adele. You got that matured yeah. voice, mm -hmm. and so you, from the beginning, you, that's who who you looked up to. Yeah. Uh, to meet up, uh, voice wise. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I I guess it probably was around puberty when I like found my soulful voice <laughs> yeah. when i went through puberty i definitely went high my voice definitely went really high yeah. it was like some like catholic choir kind of high yeah <laughs> yeah have you seen those videos yeah of, of those like young kids and oh my amazing singers yeah and for the, they make it look so effortlessly right because mm -hmm. you know they've just been uh just you know the whole thing with catholic punishment into them <laughs> And they're just like, like without even moving their lips much, they project such beautiful voices. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, I was I was in choir at school, and um, we did some performances with young boys um, from like the Catholic school nearby, who, and they were the soprano for the songs, and it was like crazy. They could, <laughs> no, it's way higher than I could at all. So. Oh my god! Yeah. 
So choir, is that where it all started for you, was choir? That's where I feel like I found my voice because before choir, I didn't use my falsetto because I didn't like how it sounded. And so I was really limited to a pretty small range of just like low notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so choir really helped me open that up and like use my falsetto and learn to strengthen it and make it sound like the rest of my voice. Now, at that point, did you knew you wanted to be a singer? Yeah, I've known I've wanted to be a singer since I was like seven or eight, because that's that's when I started taking lessons for the first time. Oh, so your parents put you through lessons, or you wanted them to put you through lessons? Um, well, they always pushed me to do to play an instrument, so, so it was kind of just like I didn't like piano, so they were like, "Well, why don't you try singing?" <laughs> and so they, um, they kind of pushed me to always be taking music lessons. So why do you think they were so adamant to get you involved in music? Well, they wanted me to try, like, everything. So I've tried pretty much every sport out there. tried a lot of instruments. And um, I found sports are not for me. And What sports were you getting involved with? I, I tried, like, volleyball, crew. Um, crew? Yeah. What like is that? Rowing. Rowing? In, in the boats and stuff. Um, oh, it's like you're, you're rowing. In the, where yeah. did you grow up? What, what kind of sports <laughs> like these happen around here? Yeah, they do. Um, I, I mean, I was born in Texas, but I didn't start playing st- sports really till I got here. Um, where here? Uh, San Mateo. San Mateo. Do, yeah. Do they got rivers where you guys could practice rowing? No. So my team is up in San Francisco at, it, it was up in San Francisco at Lake Merced. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so that's where I rode, but I didn't like it very much. No, why not? The water was working out, or um, it's quite an exercise, man. Yeah, yeah, it's just so hard. Like th- the entire point of the sport is just to like work yourself to a breaking point, <laughs> which is awful. And I was like, why am I doing this to myself? I hate it. <laughs> yeah, and so- I was getting injured, and like, cause it's just so hard on your body. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Sports are not for me. So your parents are like, all right, she's not into the sports. Right. Um, and did you have any siblings? Yeah, I have an older sister, and she plays basketball. So she caught on to sports. Yeah. And they figured, okay, the first one got into sports, the second one got into sports, mm-hmm. you know, but it just it didn't work out. Right. They tried to force me to play basketball, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that did not work. Yeah. 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 That, that, too, is very physical. I think that's the mm-hmm. problem. They put you in, in two physical competitive sports. Right. right? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I found that especially contact sports like basketball, I just can't do it. I don't want to push someone out of the way. <laughs> yeah, w- one of the worst decisions I made in my life in middle school was try out for sp- for a basketball team. Yeah. And I got my ass kicked pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like halfway through the, uh, through the was it not, not auditions, what's it called? Um, tryouts. Tryouts, yeah, yeah thank you. Uh-huh. I, I just was like, why, why am I even here? Like, I, I, can't, yeah. I can't even shoot straight. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how it felt for me during basketball. But regardless, my dad made me yeah do the whole season. Was your dad into sports? Yeah, my dad okay. played basketball in high school, and then he rode on the Stanford crew team during college. So. Oh, so that's where it came from. Yeah. So he was already familiar with the whole rowing. Yeah. Sport. And so stuff. he was really excited when I was like, "Well, I want to try rowing." Cause, yeah. Yeah. But. And then then they decided to get you into music. Yeah. At seven, you said? Yeah, even earlier than that. I started playing piano at five or six, but I never really learned how. I didn't like it very much. It's very intimidating, isn't it? Yeah. But yet, such a useful uh, 
uh, instrument yeah to know I really regret not going through with it but when I was that age I just felt like it was too early and I couldn't even tell the difference between the notes on the staff I had no idea how you were supposed to tell the difference you're just winging it yeah (laughs) I would usually like label my papers with all the notes because I knew how to find the notes if I knew their name like Mm -hmm. G and A and all that stuff but if I looked at the staff couldn't find them (laughs) how was your piano teacher patient um yeah I think so yeah yeah, I don't remember. You don't much, remember? But yeah. Now, whose decision was it to to music? Was it your mom or your dad? Um, I think my dad, because he plays guitar. Um, so he was always pushing for me to learn to play instruments. But my mom also wanted me to learn because she tries to teach herself piano sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So do you feel like you come from a somewhat musical fa- background family? Yeah, definitely. Um, my dad, he plays a lot of guitar their parents don't really have much musical background but they're um yeah like my dad plays guitar and he tries to sing he's not, he's not the best singer but he tries it's okay I, I can relate to that yeah <laughs> no i like your singing <laughs> hey, hey I, i'm just like you and piano i'm winging it like i have, I have no idea what what well, it's, it's working what notes i'm, I'm hitting uh, but uh okay and you said your family's from texas originally um, my dad is from California, um, like San Diego, but my mom is from like all over the, the East Coast, basically. Was like, she, she an was, army brat? Uh, no, it's just her dad was changing jobs a lot, but um, mm-hmm. she was in like North Carolina and Ohio and Texas and just like all over <laughs> for most of her young life. And then she met my dad in Texas. That's because my dad moved out there and got a job and they were working at the same software company. Oh, are they both the uh, software developers? Um, not anymore. My dad is now a VP of a software company, but my um, my mom, she's a receptionist at a dentist office. She doesn't really like um, software engineering. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, where in Texas do they, do they meet? Austin. Uh, and that's where, where you're born? Yeah. Austin's a pretty uh, musical place. Yeah, it is. So you, you kind of had it in you, not not just in your <laughs> blood, but you know, in the in the, in the land you, you were born in. Yeah. San Diego also, and mm-hmm. Bay Area, I guess. You know, there's a lot of musical history here, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're at seven. You you've, piano wasn't working out. Yeah. So you were like guitar was the next thing. Um, voice and then guitar. Um, voice and then guitar. So I started taking voice lessons at seven or eight, and um. My first voice teacher, she was pretty focused on opera type singing, so she wanted me from the stomach, right? Yeah, so so from the diaphragm. Yeah, that kind of stuff, and she wanted me to sing like all classical music, and she wanted me to sing everything in my head voice rather than like using my chest voice. Oh, really? Yeah. What's that about? She was like, "Oh, if you belt anything, you're gonna end up like Michael Jackson and ruin your voice." (laughs) Why is that a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> Sounded like Michael Jackson's like <laughs> yeah, one of the best things he could have as a singer, right? Yeah. Did he fuck up his voice? I'm not sure. Oh, she, I just shit, remember. I'm, you're the youngest guest I ever had. I'm sorry for my friend. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah, no, a, it's I'm, okay. I'm a little intimidated now. <laughs> I'm about to ruin no. another person's life no. through my language. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm... But but did Michael Jackson have a problem? I don't think vocally? so. Maybe she was comparing it more to the way that he belted all through his life, mm-hmm. um, especially as a kid. And she was like, if you do that, you're going to ruin your voice. But that's the thing. Like, she comes from a classical background. Mm-hmm. Did she make you sing in Italian? 
Um, no, because I was so young. I yeah. Even singing English was hard. <laughs> so yeah, but, like you know, you can't really. I mean, you can't really compare the two, really, because I I feel vocally, uh, because you know, opera singing it's like centuries in the making, centuries of studying and stuff. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson comes from a, more of a R and B kind of kind yeah. of background, where it's more about emotional context to mm-hmm. your vocals. So, c- can you really compare the two? I didn't feel like you could. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like. It's almost much. two different schools. Yeah. Of, of, th- of thinking, mm-hmm. at least vocally. Yeah. Am I talking my ass here, or, or do you? I don't know. No, you, I because you, you took the classes. I did it. I no, I totally agree. I did not like her style of singing, and I remember like whenever I would try to practice singing, I would just end up belting and like being all mad because she would tell me not to. <laughs> and um. So you were kind of a rebel back then, huh? Yeah. Are you still are? Do you think you still are? <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I, I didn't like her very much, so we I stopped taking lessons from her, and then I started taking guitar lessons around um, age 10. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of guitar did you start off with? Um, I started off just kind of like basic reading notes and stuff like that. Um, it wasn't super stylized it was just like beginners guitar book it's like a cheap acoustic yeah i had a like a half size kids toy guitar basically that's uh-huh. what i started with <laughs> um do, do you remember what brand i don't but mm. then um soon after starting on that one i got like a bristol guitar a pretty basic cheap bristol guitar <laughs> never heard of those are, yeah. are they good they're all right i mean it lasted quite a while um but it's not the best sound, I would say. <laughs> now, what kind of music was happening around your household? Like, what, what kind of what kind of stuff were your parents introducing you to? So, I grew up with a really wide range of musical influences. So, my dad loves heavy metal, so he's always made me listen to like Metallica. Such a software kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like High on Fire, and bands like that. <laughs> but then he also loves artists like Kate Bush and Prince and David Bowie and so uh-huh. I have a bunch of really weird influences like that <laughs> but um what really stuck with me was like the Kate Bush and Prince and Bowie and then other artists as well like Seal and Fiona Apple those were wow. all big influences big fan of Fiona Apple yeah yeah Not, I haven't seen her much about her lately though yeah me neither yeah so which Okay, you're studying. Okay, you're taking this stuff seriously. You're committed to being a, a musician at a very young age. Mm-hmm. What out of the music that you heard in your household? What really stuck to you? What will give you the biggest impression? I think um, probably Kate Bush and Prince because those were the two that I heard the most of, and I like loved their music so much. Um, like their songs. For for a while, I stopped listening to Prince because um, in like my the beginning of my teenage years, I was kind of like I don't want to listen to my dad's music. I want to go listen to like some teenage stuff. <laughs> I hear you. And um, so I kind of stopped listening to Prince for a while, and then I recently, or a couple of years ago, started listening to him again and realized, and like I could remember all the songs, and I remember how much I loved them when I was younger. Like Raspberry Beret has so many childhood memories for me, mm-hmm. and um, the same with Kate Bush. Like all those songs, they just like bring back memories. Yeah. Okay. Now, at this point, did you kind of have an idea about songwriting? Um, 
songwriting actually it took me a long time to start songwriting um why do you think that is considering that you come from a from a singing background and and playing instruments um i didn't really know how to do it um mm -hmm. it was just kind of really scary to me i was like i don't know what makes a song good what makes a song bad and um i mean as a kid i remember like in first or second grade i didn't have a lot of friends and <laughs> so um during like recess at school i would just sit in the play yard and like um sing little songs to myself like make songs up and sing them to myself and so that was a habit that i had as a kid but then i just like thought that wasn't good enough as a teenager and and so I just didn't write songs until I was like 15 so yeah, yeah. why do you think you didn't have friends <laughs> um I was kind of a weird kid in elementary school and I I struggled socially um because yeah I mean there were a lot of cliques at the elementary school I went to and so it was hard for me to make friends for a while but mm -hmm. yeah no, I'm right with you. I was the yeah. same way. I was a really weird kid. Yeah. In third grade, my thing to do in recess was literally put my hands in my pockets and just walk around the play yard by myself. I did that too. <laughs> I did that too. Shut up. No, you yeah. did. did you? In fourth grade, that yeah. was me. And I figure I'm just that cool kid who's just going to walk by himself. <laughs> Well, everybody's socially gay. Yeah. No, you did you really? I did. That's so funny. Our lunch was an hour long, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. <laughs> right? <laughs> so in fifth grade, to avoid that, I made sure that I was doing something every single day at lunch so I didn't have to be alone. <laughs> so Because I, I did all this, these, um, like, volunteering for teachers, so that way I would get block B points. Mm -hmm. um, so I got an award at the end of the year, but so I would help teachers at lunch every day. <laughs> Because I just didn't want to be oh, alone. So this was a while. It wasn't just first grade. For for your elementary career, you felt like you were kind of in solitude? Yeah. I mean, there were times, like, when I had... Um, I, I always did have friends, but it was pretty few. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times they would be busy doing something, and I'd be alone. And, um, you know, like, I would try to go and talk to other people, and... It, it was elementary school and there were cliques and people were mean so yeah. <laughs> they didn't really want to were you bullied hang out with me um i wouldn't really say i was bullied um it was more just like kids were mean like sometimes i would ask to play with kids and they'd be like no oh jesus <laughs> yeah but it was I'm never like that. that sucks yeah but it was never like really someone bullying me and i never like got any physical fights or anything like that it's interesting it's because i figure you would have an edge coming you, you play music i figure it's a good way to seduce people to being your friend <laughs> yeah um well i guess i started music seriously later in elementary school so it wasn't like a real big thing until like fifth grade but in in fifth grade i did the talent show by myself and i sang a taylor swift song without guitar or anything no backing track wow was it uh what's the word i'm looking for oh when you do it all by your mouth uh acapella acapella yeah uh i guess that's what you call it but yeah it was just me singing the song what song was it <laughs> it was love story by taylor swift i used to love taylor swift mm, i don't recall that song yeah was it her early stuff yeah i think so um but yeah that got me some popularity <laughs> i would say it's a taylor swift chick. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Is that how you're known? Is is that gal that could sing Taylor Swift? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was it was more just like, oh, Marley, you're up there singing, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, for for a little bit, people were like, oh, I saw you at the talent show, and um, that got me some popularity, I think. <laughs> And I um, remember for show and tell, I once played guitar in front of my fifth grade class, but... For show and tell, you played tell. guitar. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't show off and tell? Or? I mean... <laughs> I'm kidding. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you showed them your, your, your Brisbane? Briston? Yeah. Bristol. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta learn my brands. Pretty bad at it. It's okay. It's, I don't think it's a pretty notable brand in any way. <laughs> No, uh, you mentioned that you were afraid to write songs, and and, and you said you, you weren't really sure how to make a good song, mm-hmm. but at what point did that change? Like, what made you be like, all right, I, I, I should probably write some original music? Well, um, actually, now that I think, well, so I started songwriting, now that I think about it, in, like, seventh grade. I would just write poems and, like, think of a melody in my head, but I wouldn't have the guitar part because I didn't really... I wasn't super focused on guitar, um, so I wasn't really good enough to (laughs) know what chords to play. Um, And I would write down some lyrics in a notebook, and then I'd look back at that notebook a couple days later and I'd be like, this is the worst thing I've ever written in my entire life. (laughs) This is pure shit. (laughs) That's that's exactly how I feel after every song. (laughs) (laughs) And so... For that kind of turned me off of songwriting. I was like, everything I write is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but then, um, when I was 15, I finally decided, like, you know what? I'm going to write a song. <laughs> and I did. Was it out of frustration? It was, yeah, it was after, like, I was going through a pretty rough time that year. Um, it was my sophomore year of high school, and... Do you want to ask what's, what was happening, too? Well, so, I, um... I was dealing with an eating disorder, actually. Okay, which one? Um, bulimia. Yeah. Okay. And I, it was making me really vulnerable, and um, I ended up getting my heart broken because of it by um, a guy <laughs> who I put too much faith into because I just needed someone there for me because I was going through such a rough time. Um, so that's where I came up with the idea for Homeland, one of my original songs. And uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, I had a long relationship with somebody with an eating disorder. Yeah. And uh, I, I think uh, we were both lucky that we were, we were a little more older, so we were more mature mm-hmm. to deal with it, you know, to come from a place of understanding. But when you have an eating disorder at a young age, it's hard to really find support because not really people understand it. Yeah. And especially with a guy, it's like, I, I tell young girls, like, dude, stay away from guys. They're just going to make it harder for you. <laughs> wait till they're older. Yeah. Wait till, like, they're somewhat mature, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've um I've been dealing with eating disorders since I was 10 years old. Um and even now I'm still in recovery, mm. but I'm doing a lot better. But yeah, it's it's been a really long time and it's frustrating and it's awful, but it's um Did you it, seek therapy at some point? Yeah, and I've seen a bunch of different therapists for it over the years and um now I I finally found one who's like really helping me. That's, um, that's another hard thing I have yeah. with my ex-girlfriend is finding the right therapist for her. Because you would think that any therapist who's familiar in this field would help, but not right. really. Because you, you have to build a relationship with somebody in that field. 
mm-hmm. and really build trust. Like I remember we had a, a therapist. She was she had a therapist who's a total dick. Yeah. I was like, why? <laughs> why? Like it, it came to a point. I was like, this just ain't working out. And then we had to look for another therapist for her. Did you have a similar yeah. deal? Yeah, I did. Um, the therapist I had when I was. Um, only 10. Uh, she was just really not helpful and she was super condescending and I hated her. <laughs> and I went through, I think, three more therapists after that before I found one that I um, really felt like was helping me. And that's where I'm, I'm at now. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's so hard because you have to find someone who really you feel comfortable with. So it's kind of like you have yeah. to like hire a friend. <laughs> Pretty much. It's <laughs> <laughs> very well put. Yeah. And like you can't just hire anybody to be your friend. <laughs> yeah. W- yeah. What were some strategies that she uh, offered you to kind of deal with it? Um, well, a lot of eating disorders come out of just like um, bad body image and like seeing yourself as ugly and fat and not good enough. And so a lot of it is... Um, we're trying to separate that voice that tells me I'm not good enough and trying to realize that that's not me, that's something else, and mm-hmm. that I don't have to listen to that voice, you know? Yeah. Um, did, did she kind of give you, like, breathing exercises to go with it? Um, not so much breathing exercises, but just, like, ways to stop that voice yeah. or just not listen to it or even just hold the comments that it's making until later so you don't have to deal with them right away you know that was a strategy my ex used she says every time she had like a, like you know in the middle of dinner she's just like to stop her from going to the bathroom to do what she had to do mm-hmm. or uh, she would just you know take a moment and like count and breathe to tan and till like the the kind of the, that phase in her mind kind of goes away slowly yeah uh, but you know different strategies to different people mm-hmm so and and this really compelled you uh, uh, to write a song. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just dealing with a lot of pain, and um, I didn't really know where to turn with it, and I was struggling. Um, and at that point, I wasn't really getting any external help at all because um, I wasn't seeing a therapist because I didn't want to admit that the problem had come back because. Um, I had anorexia and bulimia when I was 10, and then it went away pretty quickly. Um, And for around three years, I was perfectly healthy, and then it came back. And What triggered it, do you think? um, Well, it came back right as I was about to go into high school. Um, So I feel like it was kind of the realization that... um, Of a change? Yeah, of, of a change, and like growing older and realizing like I'm a teenager and seeing all those images of like beautiful women on magazines and on Instagram and on social media that's really hard and for a lot of people that's the cause of um like not liking your body anymore and that that can be pretty destructive Mm -hmm. yeah um so I didn't I really didn't want to accept that it had come back so I I just was trying to just deal with it myself but I couldn't I couldn't fix it myself that's it's too hard for anyone to do yeah yeah and you, uh, what was the name of the song um that was Homeland um mm. yeah yeah I'm sorry oh no it's okay <laughs> you mentioned that before <laughs> it's okay <laughs> Homeland yeah which I listened to before you you got here oh really yeah yeah uh, of course really yeah <laughs> it's how I prepare for my for my interview yeah 
Uh, but I'm happy to. I mean, I'm not happy, but like I'm glad that you share that with me because I think it adds an even more layer of depth to that song. Yeah. Because I, I was gonna mention, I was gonna bring it up later in, in, in the interview about your songwriting, and particularly that song, because mm-hmm. uh, it's a heavy song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's um. Now, did the lyrics come first, or was it the melody? Um, I think the um the melody came first, and then the lyrics. Because I wanted to find something that kind of matched the way I was feeling with the sound. And um, and then it would be easy to just put in what I was feeling with words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, at what point did you decide uh, to start uh, playing at open mics? Like, Because uh, you played at your talent show. Right. But were you performing outside of school or outside of your classes and outside of home? Um, uh yeah a little bit so i was taking guitar lessons at the time um when i performed in my school talent show and the music school i go to um they have recitals every six months so i was performing there and i would always get a lot of good feedback and then um what school was this was the school of rock it's uh myriad music it's on it's in san mateo on palm avenue yeah but um yeah i Oh yeah, okay, so I was just performing those recitals for a while, and my dad would always tell me, like, come on, you gotta perform somewhere else, people love your music, and um, so when I was 13, I went to Red Rock for the first time, um, and I performed at their open mic, and um, it actually, it went really well. Was Jake running it at the time? No, it was still Marshall. Marshall. And it was downstairs. Um, Right. Yeah. And it was more folk-centric, right? Yeah, I think so. And I remember Rafi there. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I, I think Rafi is like, uh, the, should be the mascot of the local yeah. open mic scene. <laughs> yeah, because I... He's yeah. such an awesome guy. <laughs> he is, he is. But, um, yeah, and after that, I didn't go back for about a year or two. And then I came back. What happened? I didn't have a lot of momen- momentum then. Um, uh-huh. I was kind of unmo- unmotivated unmotivated and um just not really wasn't feeling it yeah <laughs> these, these people don't understand <laughs> basically <laughs> these people on their laptops and their coffee yeah and um <laughs> and so two years later i came back i was 15 and um i played two songs and then marshall asked me back for a feature the next week and i was like sure and then I realized I only had those two songs. <laughs> what two songs? There were Homeland and... No, um, that was even before I wrote Homeland. Um, okay, so... what songs were these? <laughs> so I had um, a cover of Cherry Wine by Hosier. And... Oh, which you have on, on your SoundCloud? Yeah, I do, yeah. And then Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, all right. Yeah, and that was all I had. So... Is that how you pronounce his name? Ed Sheeran? I think so. I keep calling it Ed Sheeran or something. Oh, Sheeran. I don't know. I think know. it's Sheeran. Sheeran. Yeah. yeah. You would know more than I would, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a big fan of his. but um, Used to? What happened with that? Well, I mean, my, my music taste has ch- changed a lot over the years. <laughs> Considering you don't listen to him, I think it's for the better. No, you were saying. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm going to learn half an hour of music in one week. And I did it, kind oh, of. Nice. <laughs> I had the the lyrics to songs on sheets in front of me um but i did it and i performed half an hour of music that i had learned all in one week (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. that was an experience. <laughs> I remember I had, a, I had a show in Santa Cruz, and they, um, for, for a while, he didn't tell me how long my set was. And this was a big, <laughs> oh, no. you know, in the bar. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you're going to have an hour set. And I'm like, but I only have like three good, kind of good songs I think I have. <laughs> so in a matter of three weeks, I had to get friends together and, and just, well, first I had to write out the songs and mm-hmm. just somehow miraculously pull out like six songs out of my ass. <laughs> And it worked out okay. Like, wow. You know, some, you know, I dropped after that gig and some I kept. Yeah. But it's funny how pressure kind of kind of helps in some way. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was possible to learn, I think it was six or seven songs in one week, but uh-huh. I did it. <laughs> and then I never played any of them again. <laughs> I think it's great that you, had, you started off with a poetry foundation. Because mm-hmm. I think that's how I started off too. Uh, so I could relate, relate a lot to that. Uh, what kind of poetry were you getting yourself at, you know, were you reading? Um, I didn't actually read a lot of poetry. It was more just like, I would listen to the lyrics of, um, of songs that I really liked. Um, and so when I was younger, I had a, I mean, I, I really loved Ed Sheeran. And, uh, so I kind of went with what he did, which was writing about love every like every song. <laughs> I mean, the only real song I think I liked about his was the Eighteen, which which is oh, the one, yeah. which is the one that I think you know made him a at least a, he broke out with. Yeah, and that's that's a song about um, I think it's about a girl stuck in sex trafficking. So that's a hey. Yeah, that's I mean that was actually a well written song. I felt like, but uh, now I know where my song of Lady of the Night came from. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah. So but I, that's the thing, though. Like, I I think because with songwriting, it's almost uh, an art in itself. It's like, how how can you tell this story or this message, this or this theme, and uh, and uh, provide a proper aesthetic to it musically? Like the A team, mm-hmm. you know, it, it yeah. is about somebody who works in that line of work, mm-hmm. who you know, willingly or not. But yet, it sounds like a nice love song, a nice, uh, you know, sad love song. Yeah. And, and I think that's the key thing. It's like, you, h- how do you balance the two? Yeah, it's... Does that make sense? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard. And I, it's something that I do. Because um, some of my songs, I feel like they sound a lot maybe happier or less dark than they actually are. I mean, Homeland is, I feel like the melody fits the the lyrics. But, um, like, my uh, songs I don't have recorded on my EP, um, like, Don't and Skeletons, they're kind of, like, angry lyrics. But then it's just a happy melody. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, at the latest uh, Sofa Street Festival, did you attend, by the way? I did not. Oh. Yeah, I... I, I was performing and I had a song called Light Rail Operator mm. which is basically about a man who just murdered his um, his his uh, his woman and her lover mm-hmm. and is in the light rail freaking out and pretty much it, it's it's a it's a dark um, yeah. you know uh, along the lines of, of, of oh god oh, what's that Jimi Hendrix song god why am I slipping away hey 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 Joe oh, that, yeah. that, that inspired me and I wrote a similar Light Rail Operator now, I'm singing it and we're playing it and I see these these women dancing. I'm 
I'm like, wow, they think this is a happy tune. It's <laughs> no, it's about murder. Like, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny to watch. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. But I think that's good. I think I think a lot of good songs come from that place. Yeah, even happy songs come from that place of 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 a lot of anger. Yeah, and uh, and sadness and, and and stuff. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to write songs if you're just there's nothing wrong in your life you know <laughs> exactly yeah you need to be inspired by something conflict yeah that's not as a writer that's why i tell people it's like you don't have a story unless there's conflict yeah yeah and it's great for college apps too <laughs> gone through oh yeah <laughs> what, what colleges are you uh, looking are you trying to get into um i i've been looking so I don't want to spend a ton of money on college, so I'm not really looking at, like, any Ivy League schools. Right. Your, your dad's from Stanford. He's not right. pushing that on you? He tried to, and then he was like, one day he was like, do you want to go to Stanford? And I was like, no. <laughs> he was like, okay. <laughs> and so he kind of stopped pushing for Stanford. <laughs> but, um, so I've been thinking about, um, like, Lewis and Clark, which is expensive, but they do offer a lot of scholarships. What is that? Where it's, is that? It's a private liberal arts college in uh, outside of portland in oregon lewis and clark lewis and clark yeah like the the adventurers the, yeah i the, think so uh, <laughs> the pioneers yeah that's interesting um yeah it's a beautiful school and it's pretty small it's around 2000 um students at a time yeah and it's like right has so many trees and it's like super beautiful but yeah so i was thinking about that and then also portland state um just like cut costs <laughs> and also i love portland so it's um and it's right in the middle of it do you have family in portland i don't um when did you first visit Port uh, portland i actually first visited april of this year um but i'd always really liked the idea of it because i'd heard so much about like how it's a hipster city yeah. <laughs> i was like that's my place i gotta go there you gotta um, think for the hipster style oh yeah lifestyle i collect cassettes and me too vinyls well, well, me too what kind of cassettes do you collect um i get a lot of classic rock stuff nice. um like cool. heart and um rolling stones and nice. stuff like that well, yeah where, where do you go buy these cassettes um, I started buying them in uh, record stores in San Francisco, but then I found... Like Amoeba? Yeah, yeah. Like Amoeba, also recycled records on Haight Street. Um, uh -huh. That's or a good store. Of, yeah. But then I found a record store nearby um, in San Mateo, and that it's called Vinyl Solutions, and they have cassettes for $2 a piece. Nice. So, yeah. I yeah. Sam Mattel's a weird place for me. Yeah. I, I always drive through and never really stop by and check out the locals. Yeah, there's but, not a lot happening. <laughs> but I, I I love going out to record stores. Mm -hmm. I started collecting jazz cassettes. Oh, you know, cause yeah. Because I'm trying to get into jazz, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I've really been digging it. Uh, usually locally here, I go to Streetlight Records. For my vinyls, I go to Streetlight Records or I go to uh, Needle in the Groove. Yeah, I've heard about that. And for vinyls, I mostly aim for blues music. Mm -hmm. I think, like... When you listen to blues on vinyl, it's a whole different aesthetic. Yeah, I feel. Uh, but like, uh, what kind of vinyls do you usually look for? Um, also the classic rock kind of stuff. I have, um, I have a the Led Zeppelin album. Oh no, I'm blanking on the name. It's the one with like Cashmere and um, Houses of the Holy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I sometimes I with, the see the thing with, with Led Zeppelin. It's best to know them by the the art of, of their yeah. albums. Than the yeah. album names, <laughs> but is this the one where it's like you know the, these naked women looking at, 
out. No, it's the one with the house with all the windows. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's like a big building, like a brick yeah, building. Yeah, yeah. Got it, yeah, yeah. I can never remember the name. <laughs> but I love that album a lot. Um, and then I also have, oh, I have some Beatles albums that I really love on vinyl. Um, and I actually got those pretty cheap, which I was happy about. <laughs> but, um, and then I also have some of the police and the cars, stuff like that. Who are you? You're 17 <laughs> uh, uh, in this generation of pop music, and you're looking at, at some fucking great stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's my dad. It's, it's your dad? He, um, when I was 14, he sat me down and he was like, we're going to listen to all my favorite bands. <laughs> from, from were you looking forward to it? You're like, oh, come on, I was dad. Like, dad, come <laughs> on. <laughs> the first... <laughs> It's so cute. Yeah, Yeah. the first song he showed me was Invisible Sun by The Police. Oh, that's a good one. So I have that album um, with all those songs on it. And, um, but yeah, so ever since then, he he likes to show me songs from when he was a kid. And he'll be, he'll tell me like all the memories that he has associated with it. And like, um, there's some, no, it was. I mean, there, there's some song that he said he gave a girl that he thought was really cute on um, on tape. I think it was a Thomas Howard song. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, like, awesome to hear all his uh, childhood memories from when when these songs were played. And, like, he can remember the grade that he was in and what was happening. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so um, one of my favorite songs that he's shown me is Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo. <laughs> <laughs> and so I found that that um, album on cassette, and I love it. And my friends are like, "What is this? Is this like Halloween music?" And I was like, "No, it's Oingo Boingo." <laughs> I remember, remember uh, my Deanza days. I would, you know, this girl I was interested, and in, I would give her rides once in a while home, uh, and I would put on my, I would put on like you know um, Roy Orbison or mm-hmm. or like some other classic rock stuff, yeah. and she'd be like. Why do you listen to like grandpa music? I'm like, what? Yeah, this is like grandpa music. This is what like this is what grandpa's listen to. And ever since then, I was like, this, this ain't gonna work out. This is I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, when when guys like from school are trying to relate to me, they're like, oh yeah, I like Aerosmith, and I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> they're like, oh, have you heard of Journey? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just like, no, I have it. Tell me about that. <laughs> She'd be like, all right, well, which album by Aerosmith do you like? Which, which non, you know, radio hit Aerosmith song you like? Yeah. But yeah, that's, it's always funny. Because, like, I'm, I'll make references about 80s culture or, like, s- some songs that I like from then. They're like, oh, yeah, Don't Stop Believing, Journey. It's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, and uh, okay, so you start you you collect cassettes, you you, you do all, all this great stuff, mm-hmm. and then um, pretty much. Uh, oh, we're talking about poetry and songwriting. Mm-hmm. So you you did not really have a, a certain you know poetry influence. You just kind of went at it and studied lyrics, and you kind of figured it out yourself. Yeah, I think um, the artist that probably influenced my um, the song the lyrics for Homeland the most was Hosier. Um, cause I really loved his music at the time. And, um, I mean, I still do. Um, 
but I loved how deep and dark his lyrics were and a lot of people like say my voice sounds like his because it's is that a compliment do you feel or I think so because <laughs> okay. um, my voice is just like deep and soulful like his um, yeah okay now I want to take this time to talk about the uh, small EP you have available on SoundCloud, which mm-hmm. is na- it's just uh, Homeland. Yeah. Uh, but you, you have such other great songs. And you have a couple covers. One of them, Hosier. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got one uh, called Medicine. That's my song, yeah. Yeah. What's yeah, that yeah. about? So that was um, in my sophomore year of high school. I found myself in a relationship that where I didn't actually have feelings for the person I was in a relationship with. <laughs> It happens. Yeah, yeah, and I realized that it was just kind of a coping mechanism for, like, the my problems with bulimia. And I was just trying to get support, and that was the only way I knew how. Yeah. And um, so when the relationship finally ended, I was like, oh, my God, how did I let that go on so long? Yeah. <laughs> and so I wrote this song, and I don't think he's ever heard it, <laughs> even though... Um, I performed it at our school talent show, and he was there, um, but he left right before oh. I went on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but as of, you know, I try to be careful and not really dedicate entire songs. Like, maybe a mm-hmm. lyric or two to certain people or to certain people emotionally to me. But, you know, because one time I did do that, and she uh, she did actually come to a show. Oh. And she brought, you know, her other guy there. It was just awkward. And I was like, I, this is a shitty feeling. Yeah. Wrote this song about her, how she broke my heart, and now she's here with another guy. It's like, <laughs> what did I get myself into? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I do devote entire songs to an experience or a person, but I try to keep them more general. Medicine, not very general, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like you said the guy's name on it. Right, it, right. <laughs> I honestly, if I if he heard it, I don't think he'd be like, "Oh, that's about me." I yeah. think he'd be like, "Wow, that's that's a nice song, whatever." Yeah. <laughs> and what, I was surprised also. You have you had an Elton John cover. Yeah. Mad respect. <laughs> that's um one of my grand my grandpa's favorite songs. Rocket uh, Man. Rocket huh? Man. Yeah. Now that's a grandpa song in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> he loves Elton John. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now he is him and his writing partner. Are actually a great uh, uh, people to to study songwriting at least, right? Yeah, yeah. Tiny little dancer. Yeah, I don't I don't know the lyrics super well for that one, but but in in general, like yeah. for example, Rocket Man. Yeah. Like, what were you thinking when you were like reading those lyrics? I mean, my dad talked to me about the lyrics a lot too. Um, we we talked about like. It's about the time where, like, people working with rocket science, I guess, um, they don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> they're like, this is just what I do. And oh, it's, that's um, interesting. Is, yeah, that, is that how you interpreted the song? That, that's kind of, I mean, that's how my dad, like, um, he was telling me that's how he thought um, the line where it's like, he, he's saying like he doesn't know anything about the science this is just what he's doing every day mm-hmm. and so we kind of talked about that but then it's also just like it's such a confused song you know it's like I don't really know you, you don't really know where you're going and you don't it's like I, I don't know how to describe it <laughs> well like for me I, I like to put that side by side with David Bowie's Space Oddity yeah mm-hmm. where 
on face value, it looks like they're talking about literally about, you know, science and space. But once you read much deeper into it, you're like, you know, you can apply it in so many places. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's almost a psychological journey that they could be talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does seem like Rocket Man has. So you dedicated that one to your, your grandfather. Well, I didn't mean to, but I did. Because <laughs> I didn't know it was one of his favorite songs until I had it recorded and I started performing it. And he was like, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, it means a lot to me. And then you had an, one, another original song. Yeah. Is it uh, me? Let, let Me. Let Me. What's that one about? Um, so that one was, I, I had feelings for this guy, but... <laughs> Yeah, a lot, I, a lot I, of these songs are about I movies. think you're Taylor Swift uh, influence <laughs> a little too much now. I know. I, I'm moving I'm moving away from that a little bit. Marley, you're 17. you got great stuff <laughs> happening. Stay away from guys. Trust me. I know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's kind of the realization that came from this song. Because yeah. it was about how he didn't want me because I he thought I had a bad reputation. What kind of reputation? Just like not really... I don't know, like, I, I mean, I, he was friends with one of my exes, and, like, he didn't want to be associated with me, because not a lot of people liked me in their grade since I had been with his friend. That sucks. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Re- so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Reason to reject somebody. I know. Well, I think that, that that's, like, you know, a, a lesson of, uh, you know... Don't date inside the same circle sometimes. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, which I learned the hard way. Like yeah. I dated someone from the scene, and when it broke up, was extra hard because you're like, I can't hang out with these people. I can't. Yeah. Can't even hang out that place anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what happens in high school, <laughs> and I learned my lesson. Now I just don't associate with people from school. <laughs> but yeah, I um, I feel like the songs that I've written. They do start out about, like, romance and all that stuff, but it's kind of, they show my journey through realizing, like, what I'm worth and that I don't have to always be after romance and always be crushed by, you know, guys not wanting me. <laughs> um, like, um, my so- next song after Let Me was Instead, and that was kind of my final realization that like you know what I'm done like I don't need to worry about guys anymore this is mm-hmm. not this is not what I want to spend my time doing because um instead was about a guy who I had thought like wanted a thing with me and um then I met his girlfriend mm-hmm. and <laughs> oh no yeah <laughs> I've been there too. Yeah. With the um, chick who, who's already taken. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was like, oh, you should come to my show. And so I went to his show and then I was make, uh, talking to this girl. And I was like, oh, who are you here for? And she was like, oh, him. And I was like, oh, that, right. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I just left. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. It, um, so after that, I was like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard, especially when you're young. Uh, it, it's, but trust me, I think the best relationships I had, you know, although you know, uh, you know, they're no longer a thing. Mm-hmm. They kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I think we at least expect it. Yeah. You know, and and 
So don't, don't feel too bad. You know, I'm yeah. joking. It's like, hey, don't let guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm half joking, but there's truth to that. Yeah. Um, but don't. You're doing great stuff. It's, and I know it's hard, you know. it's it's It really affects, you know, self-esteem and stuff like that. But trust me, you, you, you what you're doing right now with music and, and other stuff, it's, it's trust me, it's going to pay off. Yeah. And I have no idea why I'm trying to... T- say like I'm doing a lesson I have no yeah. idea right? <laughs> I, I okay. fucked up more relationships that I'm the least person you should get uh, any advice from actually <laughs> when I think about it so th- that's uh, so those songs okay now do you have any other songs coming out that you plan to record yeah so I actually just finished recording um, an EP and um, it's mixed and mastered um, like it has drums and bass behind it and so it has all my original songs oh. so who, did you, who did you collaborate with? Um, Marcos Brooks he used to go to Cafe Frascati a bit um, but he recently mm. moved to San Mateo mm. so he hasn't been out um, but yeah he has like a studio in his home in his house he has a ton of recording equipment um, and yeah he did a awesome job and I'm really excited about it so it's um six songs and it's coming out on October 20th so now yeah. how, how did you process that change where you went from playing songs yourself creating songs yourself to not collaborating with others how was that adjustment for you well he he actually did put the bass and um drums in in post but um doing that made me realize that I need practice playing with other people because it was my rhythm was not great <laughs> for for putting tracks in and stuff. Um, so it's, it's really made me realize, like, I want to collaborate with other artists because I don't want to, like, be, limit myself and my abilities to play by not um, not collaborating, you know? Have you collaborated on stage with, with other people yet? Um, I have not, but I actually recently auditioned for a band. <laughs> you auditioned for I, a band? I auditioned for a band. How's that like? Um, well, I I heard about them through a friend, and then I they're like a punk metal type band. It's... um. I don't know. Are, are you? Do you? Are you into that punk metal I'm stuff? I'm not really sure, but I was like, I wanna, I wanna try this. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, I met up with them in their like um, practicing studio place, and uh, did you go electric? No, I actually was just uh, trying out for vocals. So oh yeah, because they already have a guitarist. Um, were you, you kind of uh, trying to pull some Stevie Nicks kind of <laughs> kind of vocals? To no, it, or, I uh, or Joanne Jett. A, a little bit more gentle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I can be as like angry as her, but I was I was trying sure to channel you can. that. You've gone through a lot already. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, that was an interesting experience. But um, I do want to form like an indie rock band. That's the goal. Um, I just working on getting there is hard. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. It's like finding the right chemistry with the right musicians. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you said you're, it's coming out in October. It's pretty soon. Yeah. October... 20th. 20th. Mm-hmm. And where will this be released? Um, Everywhere. So I'm using CD Baby, and I'm going to publish it to Spotify, iTunes, mm-hmm. Amazon, all the, all that good stuff, and SoundCloud. And- How has your family been uh, reacting to you, uh, you know, really taking this seriously and really putting yourself out there? Um, they're really excited, and... Uh, yeah, my, my dad loves it. He's really, really happy to see me um, being successful, and so does my mom. And, um, yeah, it's 
it's um it's made my whole family really happy and excited for me so that's I have a great support system at home mm-hmm. yeah and uh, how do you deal with uh, your stage persona because uh, when I see you play you got this uh, this rather graceful uh, stage persona and the way you stand when you perform your music did, did you learn that or did it just something that just comes naturally to you well that's really flattering because I'm really clumsy <laughs> You don't I'm, come off as clumsy at really? all on stage, huh? Oh, well, that's great. But uh, <laughs> Well, at least, you know, the times I've seen you perform, at least. I, yeah. I, I don't know, in other performances, maybe you knocked down a couple things. I did. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, one time at Red Rock, I tried to walk off the stage with my guitar still plugged in, but, you know, yeah. I, I recovered. I didn't fall over anything, but... but it was part of the performance, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, I've seen... I think part uh, part of it comes naturally, like I just kind of do what feels right. But another part comes from watching um, solo artists like Hosier um, perform, because like I've I've seen him live, and then also just watching other people perform, um, I can see what they do when they perform and like how they move and stuff. And I think I just kind I try to subconsciously emulate something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty important. Yeah. It's your stage performance. Yeah. yeah. I have a lot to work on. I look at the, my video of my Silver Street Festival performance. I'm like, what, what, why am I standing like that? I'm like hunched over <laughs> like, a, like a hunchback <laughs> and just, just like wailing away. And my hands are like being weird. And <laughs> Well, I've never noticed that. <laughs> okay, can, you, can you like watch videos of you performing music? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I do okay, it sometimes. I don't like to do it. <laughs> because, I I mean, I can hear every time I mess up, even if other people can't. And they're like, oh, I, I didn't even hear that. And I'm like, I heard it. Yeah. Front and center. <laughs> and that's what matters. Is yeah. That I heard it. Yeah. And I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, it makes it hard for me to listen to my performances. Mm. Well, we're almost out of here, uh, right. Marley. And uh, a couple last questions is... Uh, okay. First, uh, uh, talk to me about your instruments. I'm t- talking about, you know, you mentioned the first instrument you had, but tell me the evolution of the instruments uh, that you've, you know, played with and what you have now and, and the brands and so on. Yeah, um, so I started with the, like, half-size um, like, toy guitar. I don't I don't really remember what brand it was. Um, and then I moved on to that... A full-size Bristol guitar, which looked way Steel too Steel strings, by the way? Steel strings, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Get yeah. some punishment for those fingers. <laughs> yeah. What gauge of strings were you doing? Um, I think I always did the light. Light ones? Light, oh, light ones. Good one. Still do, but um, yeah. I It looked pretty funny to have that huge guitar on my tiny body because <laughs> I was only 10 when I got it. Um, and then I had that all the way up until last December, and then I got this... Um, Taylor that I have right now it's a I think it's a 504e body something mm-hmm. like that Five, or maybe it's a 524 I don't I don't know it's a good brand so yeah. no matter what you get you know it's going <laughs> to yeah. sound good yeah and it's got the mahogany um wood and it's it's a really nice guitar it was my christmas present <laughs> nice yeah yeah we bought it used so it wasn't quite as expensive but it was still I mean, it's still Taylor. <laughs> is that the guitar you, you take around with you? Yeah. Perform? Mm-hmm. All right. And the last question is more of a question of reflection. Now, this is a little tricky because you you are, I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, but you're, you're, you're the youngest, youngest musician I had on here. 
usually I ask musicians and other people is like if you go back when you were younger mm-hmm. I, I guess for you that would be when you were you know taking those vocal classes mm-hmm. uh, if you go back at that time what what's some advice that you would offer yourself I think I would I would tell myself that I you need to work hard to be successful and just like sitting around and singing every once in a while maybe picking up a guitar it's not enough you need to like really care about what you're doing because it took me far too long to realize like if I want this to be my like something I really do um I need to work like (laughs) it, it took me way too long to realize that and um and it like inhibited my guitar skills so I'm not as good as I should be for how long I've been playing and uh yeah so just I would tell myself put in that effort that you want to see like in your performances and yeah all right Marley thank you for coming thank you (laughs) Uh, and we're good yeah yeah cool it wasn't so bad right yeah, no, that was good. Like, were you nervous? Like, oh, I've never been on a podcast. I don't know what this is. No, I wasn't too nervous. <laughs> All right, cool. Because I, f- I remember uh, we, because uh, I don't think we've really been, I mean, we saw each other once mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah. But I don't think we've ever been introduced. And me, I'm very shy. So I'm me like, too. Oh, yeah, I, you know. <laughs> So yeah, everybody knows each other, and they're all really good. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stick with myself and my little <laughs> friends I got. Yeah. But then you, you did something that surprised me, which, you know, I got to thank you for in some ways. It's like, you know, hey, I guess I, you kind of look up like, dude, I don't know who this guy is. Might as well go talk to him. <laughs> you came up to me. He's like, hey, I see you around. I don't know who you are. My name is Marley Collins. So I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, you took the initiative. You know, yeah. You're, you're like, well, fuck it. I see this guy everywhere. Might as well know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, I'm really shy, so it's really hard for me to do, but I, like, force myself to go talk to people because I'm like, you know what? You look like you're being rude right now because you just ignore everyone because you don't want to talk to them. <laughs> and I was like, I've seen him so many times, and I just never talked to him. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's pretty funny because I'm like, I don't think I could pull that off. I don't know if I go, you know, me and my chunky bald face. <laughs> hey. Anyway. All right, Marley, thank you for coming. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I've totally forgot. We're gonna, you're going to leave us with a song. Okay. Right. And uh, what song are you playing? Um, I will play Homeland. Homeland, a place to rest when you're Empty streets and empty hearts and echoing cries. Clothes on the floor already past for regret in her eyes. Candy wrappers crumpled and torn, a miserable sigh. So they'll find her heart on the dining room table And they'll see she's not able Because homeland's a place to live 
What a voice on that one. What a voice. Visit MarleyCollins.com. Check out her website. Check out her music. Support her. And um, yeah, it was great talking to her once again. And I, I can't wait to see her at, a, at another open mic. And um, yeah. All right. That's it for this week. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week. See you guys next week. We have a returning guest. 
he is an artist and uh, a quite eccentric artist actually and a good chat with him so please tune in next week uh, other than that have a good one take it easy take care sayonara and uh, everybody out there um, have a good one oh one more thing please check out jmspodcast.com the website and check out the uh, patreon account please help us out any little bit helps have a good one once again take it easy <laughs>